Hello and welcome to Navigating Nursing. I am your host, Laura Whitehead, a registered adult nurse, a critical care nurse, qualified lecturer and fellow of the Higher Education Academy. I'm joined today by Mishita Kahin, who is a community engagement practitioner doing in-reach work. She's also a registered nursing associate. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Laura, and thank you for having me. So, You've graduated from London South Bank University in May 2020 as a nursing associate. Were you always interested in working in healthcare? Yes, I, um, from a young age, I always wanted to become a midwife. So my first job in, um, in England, because I grew up in Holland, was actually in maternity units. So I've worked in three maternity units before I decided midwifery wasn't for me. <laughs> And then I went into nursing, general nursing, and I worked in the community, in uh, hospices, theatres. I've been everywhere. <laughs> yeah, literally everywhere. Yeah, yeah that's through banking. Gained a lot of experience. Um, and then at one point I had enough of hospital working. And yeah, that's how I led myself into the job I am right now. But I'll explain a bit more later on. Of course. And were you always interested in becoming a nursing associate? Was it a role that, that you were drawn to when you found out about the role? Um, I always wanted to become a nurse um, and a nursing associate was um, an opportunity that came up. It was created in 2017 and I saw that as a perfect opportunity because even though I was offered to study nursing as a mature student, it, at the time we still had the bursary. It was just not financially viable for me as a lone parent. Mm-hmm. So um, my main priority was financial stability and that's what I had to stick with and sacrifice. So when I saw the opportunity, unfortunately at the beginning, the nursing associate roles, I think it was more limited to internal uh, applicants. And I was more working bank, working um, better for me as a, as a parent. A lot more flexibility. Yeah, yeah more flexibility. So I, I, but then I saw a very great post by South London and Mousley, which is our, one of the leading trusts in mental health. And I really had a fantastic experience and it really opened many, many doors for me. And this leads us really nicely on the apprenticeship is very, or doing an apprenticeship is very common for, for people wanting to become a nursing associate. How did you find being an apprentice? I thought it was, um, I thought it was a fantastic experience. There were some issues. Um, I mean, that's quite normal when, when there's a new role. Uh, people not knowing what our role was exactly, especially when it comes to medication. So I had to educate some staff about uh, my role. Some people and there still has a lot of critics about the nursing associate. So you have that negativity. But for me, at that time, it was for me, it was a stepping stone to become a registered nurse. Because once you complete a nursing associate, which is a two years program, and um, it has the same NMC framework. So it's actually very similar to a nursing student, what they study. Um, and afterwards, you can do 18 months top up. In some universities, a two years program. But the minimum is 18 months, it's a very short period to become a registered nurse or which can which can be in any field. But I think the beauty of the nursing associate program was that it solidifies all my experiences I had in the NHS because it was mainly general nursing. You, be, you are exposed to mental health and you study about mental health, you study about children's nursing and also learning disability, which is very good and a very holistic approach. And you work with all type from babies to um to palliative so if for me the nursing associate is such a good foundation um at the moment it can also be you can majority i would say apprenticeship through the trust 
but also you can study yourself self-directed as well because not everyone wants to become a nurse I've become one of those now which is very strange <laughs> because the, you know it has opened up so many doors for me I don't really see myself going back because I'm already ahead. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, you're already at a different level. <laughs> yes. It would feel like you were going backwards. And you've previously, you've worked in, in a couple of roles since you've qualified. So you've previously worked uh, with, with CAMS. Do you mind just explaining to anyone listening, you know, what CAMS are and what the role was that you worked in? Mm-hmm. So CAMS is adolescents, um, children, adolescents, mental health services. That's what CAMS stands for. Uh, normally CAMS are, is community-based. There's a few uh, wards that, that, are, um, that accept uh, young people and from as young as three to up to 18 years old. But obviously because of children, we, there's not many, as many as just like the adult wards. We try to treat them in the community. So I had the great opportunity as soon as I registered to work in the CAMS adolescent unit. Um, which also took some referrals from um, nationally. And also a very great experience because I've learned a lot. Um, I, even though I was a registered nursing associate, I, I was working like a nurse because I was utilized. Because you, in children, you often have two people doing medication so to make sure that there's no errors. So I was part of, part of the numbers and doing medication. I could shift coordinate. I was doing CPH, which is um, meetings, formulation meetings, because with children, there's a lot of meetings constantly, mm-hmm. um, professional meetings. And that really, it, it was actually a very perfect fit. I can see how nursing associates are very useful. So it, it was basically bridging the gaps between support workers and nurses. And also, it was a very good experience because I, I, because I, I never really worked with children before. It was a good exposure for me because I've always worked with adults. Also went to school during the daytime, which, so you had to work with the teachers, which is a new experience. Yeah, you very different with, environment. Yeah, yeah, it's a good environment, but also in a way a bit challenging because, but because I'm somebody who who likes deep conversations, and I'm so used to asking very sensitive questions whereas you know with children you have to be more careful you know where you know what certain questions when I do risk assessment I you have to structure it a bit different so it taught me a lot and Mm, you know very different communication styles yeah yeah absolutely so it was fabulous I I really would recommend anyone to work in camps there's more funding as well (laughs) so you know it's a better working environment and the only reason I left was because I got a better opportunity so I, so I wanted to upgrade, you know, in my career, but it was a good opportunity. And um, definitely also where you, you learn about DBT skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of psychologists on the, uh, on the ward, a lot of reflective practice, and you have matrons on site, uh, nine to five. So it's really fabulous. I really enjoyed that, actually. And as well, I guess the nursing associate role gives you that flexibility to work with all the different members of the, of the multidisciplinary team Absolutely. and also to develop as that, you know, that really autonomous practitioner, like you were saying, you know, being a key worker, attending meetings, giving feedback, really lots of like oppor- uh, development opportunities you had. Absolutely. And I was offered to do a top up, but I've decided not to because because I didn't want to wait. That's my problem. I didn't want to wait. <laughs> 
yeah that's fair. um and it also it wasn't really guaranteed because there's limited sp spaces I, what i wanted to do was always to go self-directed go into mm -hmm. the second year but that was it proved to be a bit of a difficulty and therefore i discovered another course uh, later on by accident at 2 a.m when i was just browsing and we all know. like a browse <laughs> yeah <laughs> late night <laughs> I think yeah. as well, you know, it's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is I think sometimes it's so hard to find out what's available or what opportunities you can apply for. And particularly with something like the nursing associate role where it's not new, is it? But it's fairly new and, and there are clinical areas or or people in different clinical areas that, that, that aren't aware of what's available or what they can do with the role or the educational opportunities. Yeah, and it's one of the reasons why it's lovely to have you here today to, to really talk about your, your further education. So, as you've said, you, you, know, you moved roles from, uh, from working at CAMS and you're now working with the community engagement practitioner and you're doing in-reach work. Now, I'd never heard of in-reach um, work before. As, as an ITU nurse, I'm totally, out of the, I'm totally out of the kind of mental health loop in that respect. So, do you mind just explaining to everyone a little bit about your role as a community engagement and, and really what in-reach work is yeah sure so the community engagement practice i think that that role is in, in itself is a bit new but um it was developed as part of the nhs long term where everything the community services the voluntary sector social services are all becoming integrated so there's no wrong door in so so basically it's a bit of care coordination so i'm i'm taking over so people who don't have care coordinators uh, who are admitted um, to hospital who who fall under the the bar, um, the locality that I cover, uh, so they don't so they get support. So I do the in reach in terms of what that means is I attend their formulation meeting. So within the first seventy hours they are admitted, I get informed. I attend their formulation meetings. I get to know them. I identify any barriers there is. Then I can submit any paperwork, practical work, referrals to, for example, housing, benefits, um, psychology. Um, and then by the time they get discharged, there will be another meeting called the CPA meeting, and then they will be discharged. So while this, whilst they're still in hospital, I work with the wards, I work with the discharge intervention team, I work with, I, I find out about the resources that are available in the, in the community, their family members, person themselves, and they're just trying to smooth out any barriers. So instead of waiting till they get discharged and then to, mm -hmm. and then before they get allocated a care coordinator, and then there's a lot of work to do, I can make sure that majority of the work is already done. Um, that Make that whole process a lot more efficient. Yes, that's correct. That, that's the whole aim of um, the in-reach work. Um, was the role of a nursing associate was it quite established within the team that you are now or was it a fairly new so um so currently in my role as a community engagement practice i'm not working as a registered nursing associate per se okay. i'm using my clinical skills as a nursing associate so for example a lot of times when patients um they discuss medication i'm able to advise them because i know i'm aware some of the community engaged practitioners being the other ones they don't have a register they're not registered professionals so they don't have that advantage of advising they have to get feedback from other people but i'm able to advise you're currently studying you're studying a master's what led you to apply was it just that further development that we spoke about and how did you settle on what exactly you wanted your area of focus to be for the master's 
Yes. Um, so I uh, applied for a master's at 2 a.m. in the morning <laughs> during July. Um, it was at Middlesex University because at the time I was a bit, I was a bit, I wasn't able, to, I was a bit disappointed because I really wanted to do the top up. Um, the only way was to start from year one in some universities, um, which I didn't want to do because it felt like going backwards. And I'm really about going forwards with everything. Yeah. Um, so I looked, because I've always been interested in mental health. I got into mental health by accident, actually. Um, I had enough of working in hospital. I wanted to have a bit of a break. Then I, my first job was um, in the community. It was um, early intervention service. And that's how I, in 2016, that's how I got into mental health um, nursing. And then I never left because it's really, it's something I really, really enjoy. Um, and yeah, that's something I really enjoy because it really fits my values, um, my skills, my gifts as well as a listener, as, as somebody who is also interested in therapy. So uh, it's fascinating. Um, I think it's a very privileged position to be in, to be working uh, as a mental health clinician. So when it comes to the master's, so I was very lucky to, because normally you're not, I don't qualify for a master's. <laughs> Mm. you don't um because you know you don't have I don't have a bachelor degree but I read because I was looking for alternative <laughs> careers I was looking at um, teaching because <laughs> I thought you know that's something that is you know I might enjoy and so luckily I in, in the in the eligibility criteria it said they might take an exception for people who don't have a degree who have work experience and who can prove that they can level, um, study at level seven which I can and uh, and I have lots of experience in the mental health and voluntary sector. So I was very lucky to get onto it. Not even that, I was very lucky because I applied for um, an education grant with a Muslim charity. And I had to present and show how, showcase how, if I study at the, at the master's level, how that would benefit the community. And mm. and I won. <laughs> and I won. Wow, yeah, amazing. I know. I know. So I'm very, very lucky. Amazing so, achievement. I bet that was so stressful going through that whole process. I know it was really so it was just you know I was like oh my gosh I mean, but yeah it was amazing so I so I'm very blessed so I think I think sometimes you know looking back when some doors are closing they were not meant for me because I look I was looking for for a top-up I'm doing a master's at the moment mm -hmm. which is a I step over that barrier and so far so good I know myself I I you know I love learning I'm quite academic um, I want to do a PhD after this probably with Middlesex as well because I'm interested in transcultural psychiatry and I know Middlesex has a, a research center about transcultural and I really want to become the experts in that because in, in fortunately in London we don't provide in-service mental health that, that are culturally appropriate it goes to maybe some trust they, they sponsor like charities but I think that's very very wrong because the majority of the population is from ethnic minority in London and they can't access a, you know appropriate services because I always say that's my catchphrase no community is hard to reach it's only services mm -hmm. and I really feel and also I, that's something I'm very passionate about but also something I'm trying to hopefully you know in the future to influence policy but also I want to go into leadership because that's something else I'm very interested in in leadership because I I do not see anyone that looks like me in NHS. I don't see any female Muslim black CEO in NHS. And I hope to be one of one of the first ones 
So that's my aim. And I'm also becoming an academic as well. I think as well, I think sometimes people, because they don't see people that look like them or, or opportunities that are available or they're not aware of, I don't know, maybe funding or charities or that they can apply for a master's or, you know, maybe they haven't got a bachelor, you know, a BSc or a BA and they think, oh, well, I won't apply because I haven't got that qualification that you're right there's then those extra barriers and you think I think it's so well it's so refreshing and to speak to someone who is clearly so passionate but also is very ambitious and quite vocally ambitious I think sometimes as nurses we need I think as a profession nurses including nurses registered nurses and registered nursing associates and all students as well we need to be a lot more verbally ambitious and quite clear about what we want to be and where we want to see our careers going we see doctors and other professionals being very kind of it's normal for them to discuss masters education qualifications being an academic lecturing phds i remember saying to my you know some of my friends i, I was going to start a doctorate and they were like really what mm. i said like it, it just wasn't something that you know i've heard of anyone you know from my old unit or or from you know the kind of clinical areas I've worked in mm -hmm. so I think it's really important that that we're really vocal and, and very verbal about the things we want to achieve but but also the opportunities that that we find out about absolutely and also I think I think it was one of my pet peeves because I started off as a healthcare assistant in, N in NHS that was back in 2012. So I was kind of lucky because I got the experience first. I've, I've worked in all the areas. I know general nursing is not for me. I know midwifery is not for me. Um, I don't want to work in a hospital. <laughs> um, I, work I think sometimes it simply is the what don't I want to do yeah. rather than what do I. It's yeah. quite a good process of elimination isn't it yeah absolutely and I think it's really important to have that experience I think everyone should do some kind if anyone that enters into healthcare I think they should have some kind of experience one year experience before working in before studying any healthcare related because it might not be what you want especially what I find out about is um, bullying and uh, hierarchy and and that's something you will still be dealing with you know I've, I've left many jobs because of people uh, toxic environment because I refused to work in such environment and also complaints that never went anywhere because they're so because they don't really they probably saw me as a troublemaker but I continue speaking up I do that more now more in um formally now I just send emails to CEOs instead yeah. <laughs> you know that's what I do so one thing I realized when working in NHS a lot of hierarchy a lot of bullying unfortunately um racism as well nepotism so instead of, and I realized complaints didn't go anywhere because I just, they just saw me as a low level worker, probably not somebody to take serious. And then, so, but now I do complain. I make complaints. I make sure I complain. I go all the way. I, I, I complained to CEOs in the past. I've, even today, I've sent an email to NHS England. I even said in the email, <laughs> believe it or not, I said, and I copied in the CEO as well. And I said, I'm quite disappointed looking at, um, your executive board mm -hmm. and that's not a diversity so you at the highest level NHS England are not even representing diversity mm -hmm. so let, you know let alone anywhere else so it's things that I pick up on and I'm also not afraid to say it not people because I you know if you don't call it out then because I think a I lot think of people are it's not going to change is it it's not going to change I know I know I won't be able to change no not a lot but at least calling it out it's making, it's drawing attention also, maybe, you know, because maybe when people, I mean, I always see, I always look at diversity, I always look at the, you know, who's at, at the board level, 
and and also I see myself one day at the board level and that's another thing why I've applied for trustee twice um one for mine I was shortlisted but I didn't get the position but they did thank me because I was about 100 people that applied and also just wow. yesterday I applied I was interviewed for another national mental health charity and I will hear back by next week so but that's my way of you know gaining some board level experience because I'm all about making what can get me there today I've reached out to somebody I look up to if they can mentor me they are very senior professor um, black woman leader very influential I follow them on social media I message them you know and I and they said yes. Just send. I will oh, send amazing. you. Yeah, I will send you a mentoring contract. And I was like, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, it really goes to show, doesn't it? How I've never really used Twitter or anything like that. Kind of before I started the podcast, and I'm I'm not very good. I'm I'm a work in progress. But I hadn't realised the amazing kind of networks that you can make, and and people that you would maybe never speak to. I would never go to a meeting with this person, but I can just send the message on Twitter and say, for me, do you want to come on this podcast or you know to give people the opportunity to make those connections for development as well absolutely and I really do I think that's one of my skills I didn't realize this but until somebody told me about this but I'm quite good at networking I have good interpersonal skills and I'm using that to my advantage um and I think Twitter is I mean I'm on Twitter I find it very very useful to level the flatten the hierarchy but also to just to learn from other people because I'm always about learning and I, I like to be challenged. And I think people are learning from me as well. How I come across on Twitter is maybe different <laughs> the way I am in real life. I'm actually a very quiet person, but I'm, I'm on Twitter, I'm more vocal and I'm using my writing. I, I, cause I, I, I journal and I'm, I now also do blogs and I'm, I'm a, I published before and I'm always seeing opportunities. That's what I see. I, I always look for opportunities to progress. And I'm not also, I'm not, cause I'm, I guess it comes from my, um, where I'm from I'm Somali by background but also sometimes I was also joke as well because my, my parents are from a nomadic background I'm, I, I guess I'm a nomad by blood because I move places I never stick around I'm always looking for the next opportunity <laughs> and I guess in in in, in, in working culture that's kind of like frowned on when you don't if you have many jobs I have never had many jobs but you know what I have many experiences I have many different experiences I I know I can work anywhere. I've, I've picked up, I've learned. And as a nursing associate, I've gained my first band five position because I'm a band five at the moment. Tomorrow I have an interview for this, which is equivalent to band seven, which is in private sector, but still in mental health. Uh, if I get it, that means that means, and I'll, I will come back to, it's a two years project actually with a university. So you can go sideways, you can gain experiences and you got advanced because NHS is a bit at the moment I can't advance in NHS because they, what they look at is I'm a nursing associate I've been shortlisted for jobs I've done really well and been six positions um but it's just because they see nursing associates as just advanced four but you can I bring so much more to the to especially in a community where it's a bit different mm-hmm. um but hopefully things will change, but there should be a progression at the moment for nursing associates. At the moment, things are a bit, diff- it's a bit slow. And again, I'm not willing to wait. <laughs> yeah, no, you're on a mission. You've got a very <laughs> clear mission. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so 
that's, that's I, think, I think it's been really it's been really interesting that a variety of roles that are available and that if anyone is listening that is a nursing associate or that wants to become one that as you said you can move sideways you can apply for jobs that maybe don't necessarily are specifically aimed at nursing associates to see is there area for development and as well there is the private sector there is the NHS there are universities there are charities it doesn't you're not just limited to kind of one area of employment definitely well it's been amazing to have you on here and really hear about what you've experienced and I guess some of the negative things that you've experienced through your through your roles and how you've managed those situations and as well just for anyone that's experiencing that themselves ways that they can deal with those toxic environments really to put themselves first to make sure that their health and well-being is the most important I think sometimes that gets lost for nursing nurses and nurses associates and students and anyone working in healthcare absolutely that's a very good campaign at the moment I'm not sure if you heard about it it's called more than my band which, which launched I was actually part of the um, people who done a presentation but because me, I am Mishtag. I am a mother. I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm a leader. I'm a nursing associate. Yes. Um. You know, I'm an expert in transcultural um, nursing. I'm I'm passionate about anti-racism. I'm an introvert. I'm a highly sensitive person. There's so much to me. I'm a writer. You know, I I've, I've contributed to a book. I've been I have been uh, acknowledged in the book by a friend of mine as a black nurse in NHS. So you know. There's so much. There's so much more, and I, that's something I I really believe. Because when I look at somebody who's very senior, I don't see somebody who's intimidated. I'm saying like, how did you get there, and how can I? Yeah. Get how there? can I be you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's why I'm here. I'm here to uncover all the secrets, which yeah. <laughs> find out how they got there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because you know, and as we're all human beings, so long you have self belief, why can't it not be you? Yeah, yeah, completely. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure amongst everything that you're doing. And I hope everyone listening today is as inspired. I feel like I need to start putting some some effort in. (laughs) (laughs) Thank Thank you very much. Thank you, Laura.